Heli Nation version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode 246. <laughs> the nice. gang is all we here. Didn't just review that. He <laughs> read his notes. Nobody's nobody knows that. That was a big like, hesitation, Dan. There was no hesitation. Mm-hmm. That was dramatic pause. That was their he's, intention. He's gonna edit that part out. Fuck no, that's staying there. That was on purpose. 100 percent so the gang's all here. Imagine that. Hi, gang. Jesse, did you know you have a new email? Do I? Yeah. Do a you want to know email. what it is? I would love to know what my new email is, because <laughs> I obviously probably need to start checking it. It's uh, jesse at allbecamping.com. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, speaking of which, I don't. Need, I should be camping right now. You should be. <laughs> What the hell are you doing here, man? This is a rare occurrence that you're Motor actually homes, on the show. Motorhome's not going to use itself. That's right, damn it. So what's going on, guys? Anything fun happen this week? New and exciting? No. No? Mm, not really. <laughs> Anybody get any flying in? <laughs> yeah. No. Nick got some flying in. Jesse? Kind of. <laughs> What does that mean? What, yeah. Yeah, I kind of got some flying in. Is yeah. that kind of like that whole Todd Bennett thing that he was talking about on the show where, you know, you just get going, but you're just like, fuck this, I'm too tired. I'm going to stop. No, no, not really like that. <laughs> this is just too too exhausting. I can't complete Mentally this. Mentally too much. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to let you go first because... um. I need to know what kind of means, and yeah. you haven't been here in a while, so what's been going on? I know. It feels like, you know, it, it, it's kind of like you've missed those last couple nights, you know, hanging out at the bar with the boys, so it's, it's uh, and it really hasn't been that long. I mean, you guys all had internet issues a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and then last week, so, you know, I guess it was a couple, but we weren't all there two weeks ago. Whatever makes you, so. whatever makes you sleep you know, better at night. You know, no one's counting, not checking the boxes or anything. <laughs> yeah, but. no one's counting. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I have been uh, just busy with life, I guess you could say, the last couple of weeks. Um, some new hobbies, new things, new toys, hmm. you know, whatnot. Might have bought a car, you know, who knows. Like a, so, like a matchbox? No, like what? a 69 Nova. Like a like a snap together model, yeah. You know the kind where you have to use a little fingernail polish deal and paint it. And yeah, piece it all together. Got the little metal steering wheel. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, man. So no, been having been having a little bit of fun with that and stuff. So as far as helis go, though, this last week, um, it it kind of actually really just it 
hit me um thinking looking at you know seeing the helis hang on the wall and going man let's let's do it kind of that surge of energy that let's pull the helis back get them on the bench get everything torn down fix what needs to be fixed and get stuff flying so wrenching on the protos getting the thing completely back together if you remember back like two and a half weeks ago there was a crash um i did i originally i thought i had all the parts to fix this thing so threw it back together a few weeks ago and then this last week just kind of going over everything making sure setup was still good just general stuff and decided you know setting it on the bench and getting down level with it and really looking at the tail boom um, because it did go in right on the head going man the tail boom just looks a little bit tweak to me um kind of to the point where i think it's worth pulling the tail boom out pulling everything off the tail boom the whole tail case so i just have the boom and you know you can roll it on a nice flat surface and see if it has a little bit of a wobble to it and sure enough uh, this would be last night take the helicopter apart and when i do roll the tail boom like this it does have just a little bit of a wobble to it now you guys know me usually it's eh it's not that bad like you know it's could probably fly it but you know it's just a little bit so trying to rationalize with myself going ah do i need to actually replace it the whole time in my mind thinking oh i have another one in my spare parts supply so just to ensure that i don't try to use this tail boom that's slightly bent what do i do i just take it and i just smash it over my knee and bend it right in half to completely <laughs> eliminate like any chance of this thing going on my helicopter again wow so like, oh. okay so wait wait a minute wait a minute that's I, extreme dude i have never been in a situation where i thought i think i can probably use this tail boom again you've never tried to like if a torque tube just has like a tiny little walk you know just I mean, I'm talking really slight here. There's nothing. Obviously, the tail boom didn't have like a 10 degree bend in it here. It was well, just. I, I, that's why I'm asking. I'm trying to get a feel for it. But I no, I don't think I've ever been in that situation. Very slight. I actually think it would have been completely fine. Um, it, and it was. Yeah, it, very, very slight. You had to get, you know, basically lay your head down. I was just rolling it on my garage floor on the concrete and just seeing that little bit of light change um, underneath it. And so to eliminate any uh, any future chance of using that tail boom, yeah, I decided to break it over my knee thinking, well, hey, I got a spare one sitting right here in my spare parts bag. Or do I? <laughs> Which I don't after I actually went and looked in there. So, yeah, so now that helicopter was not ready to fly today when I went to the field because my tail boom is folded in half. So... That one's down and out. Repair method. That is very trouble tree you have. Yeah. No, it's just it really is. You know, it's just yeah, That's trying to fix stuff. You guys have never like straightened out a torque tube just a little bit or something like that. Absolutely. It you know, it's one of those. It's like, you know, this part's broke. I don't want typically I'll take those parts that are kind of right on the edge of the torque tube has just a little bit of a bend in it or a tail boom like this. And just throw it in a pile that never usually ends up getting dumped. It's kind of like how you have batteries sitting around for a year that you somehow end up flying again at some point, even though you know they're shot. Where if you just Nick. get rid of them, or yeah, Nick, or if you just get rid of them, wait a minute, you didn't you can't fly them? Didn't you do that too, Justin? When? Yeah, what are you saying me for? Aren't you the one, Justin? You have unretired several packs, dude. Mm. Wait a minute, is it? Justin, That's the fair. one that just had one catch on fire because of something like that? 
Yeah. That one never made it to retirement. It was like, yeah. It should have been retired. And Uh, you knew that. Yeah. Anyway. Which one? The one that the lit big your dick play the one pack? That li- yeah, the one the that lit on fire. Oh yeah, the, the you mean you mean the one that had like thirty flights on it? That doesn't, one doesn't matter. It should have been retired. It's end of life. You knew that. Well, how did I know that? I don't know. I think I heard you say on the show. I'm that you pretty knew sure you I didn't know it. that. Nope. No, you no. Didn't Unless yourself. what you're referring to is that I should have retired it when it showed up at my fucking doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't even want to break this one in. Yeah. It's going in the trash. You may put my charging system at risk. <laughs> your house. When, when your packs get warm, cycling them. That's during your first. Break in. Yeah, during, during break in. Yeah. During break in. started to puff during balance charge. <laughs> Anyways, it the, the, the thinking's all along that same line. So I just wanted to snip that cord and be done with it and so in addition to that this last week i worked on getting the hobby wing 160 completely soldered up back in the helicopter ditched the castle 120 in the receiver pack thank god i was already getting sick of charging receiver packs even though it did have a slight weight advantage i will be more than happy knowing that i just don't even have to think about that anymore but that does bring me up to another little issue that I found. So switching receivers that obviously, or sorry, switching uh, speed controllers, transfer, transferring over the, the V controller, the V bar current sensor. I was looking at the stock, so the solder joint, I never did pull the heat shrink off the current sensor and re-solder it, you know, with like custom length wires or anything like that. As I've had this current sensor, I've just kind of snipped the wire shorter and shorter to fit different models, different speed controllers, um, and stuff like that. So I was looking at the solder joint of the stock wire to the the current sensor and noticed, man, that negative lead is sure wiggling a lot. And upon further inspection, I would say at least a third of the strands, I believe it's 10-gauge wire, at least a third of the strands had either broke or were never in the solder joint to begin with. Um, Because looking at the side where they would be broken um, or on the side of the current sensor, I didn't see like all the ends of the wire sticking out of the solder like I would have expected if they all kind of snapped off from fatiguing or vibration or just unplugging and plugging. And so now I kind of have to decide, do I want to mess with it and unsolder it from the board? Because I don't I don't know what gauge wire that would technically make it if I'm missing like a third of the strands on 10 gauge, but I'm guessing that would put, you know, be a spot where heat would build, your resistance is going to be higher, so on and so forth. And I don't even want to go down that road of, of messing around with that stuff and having stuff desolder itself. Um, but then I've, you know, I was also kind of kicking around. Have we decided like, does resoldering those things affect the accuracy or is it pretty much just cut it off, throw it away and go buy a new one? I don't know. <laughs> I don't you know. know. It's because uh, well, you you've done a couple of them, haven't you? Yeah, I've done all of them, but one, and okay. and some you know one I one went to crap, but I think it's because I got it too hot. Hmm. Uh, I I don't know. I I don't know. I I'm just not a. 
I absolutely love the crap out of the concept of them. I love the idea, love the implementation. I love everything about it except the hardware. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of over the hardware. I, it's it's you just, mean the soldering part, Nick, or just like having it hang off your heli, like the physical, like a, sensor like see the, all the above, because you know, I don't like the idea of extra connections. Okay, so now if you want to, if you, it's like for me to swap an ESC. But, if I want to keep it nice and tight and compact, I solder it in there. By by connections, you mean like unpluggable bullets right yeah yeah i don't want to yeah put try to exactly minimize that in there so then i take the heat shrink off and i solder it but then if i run the risk of ruining that makes an expensive sensor really expensive and a much more time consuming to swap from speed controller to speed controller and they're not cheap enough to just slap one on every speed controller yeah your spare speed controller just have a current sensor sitting on it yeah exactly so I don't know. I'm just, I have had, I'm at like a, a 80% success rate, I would say. You softened your stance since Tuesday. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I was, I was waiting for him to get a little bit rougher here, Dan. Well, I'm just kind of like it, you know, we had, we had talked about the, um, like the, the overcurrent shut down on the hobby wing, right? Well, now that I know that that's what it was, I'm kind of wanting to put the 130 back on, back on uh, my 700 because of the, the weight difference between the 160. And, but it's, I mean, the thought of it is like, oh, I totally do it in a minute because I, I took all my leads, I cut all my leads uh, for like the, you know, the servos and stuff. And those plug in to the flywheel system, so it's not a big deal. But all of my ESCs are now set up because I swap and try different stuff. They're all set up with connectors close to the ESC. So it doesn't take that long at all. But then the thought was like, oh, but crap now i gotta deal with the with the ui sensor mm, never mind not gonna do it <laughs> not worth it so either i just solder in like a set of you know big castle bullets or you know that style some big eight millimeter bullets or or seven millimeter or something like that right in front of the ui sensor when i get it and and make that uniform across all my speed controllers or deal with the hassle of it. But then, like Jesse said, it's just, it's so out there, constantly moving around because you're plugging and unplugging. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's... But when yeah, it works... So that's why I like J-Log and tell me. Dude, I'm yeah. like, I'm right there with you. I am 187% right there with you. That's what I'm ready for. Yeah, because, you know, even though you say all that stuff, I ask myself, okay, could I go away from using the milliamp consumption as my no. timer? <laughs> no, like, I couldn't. The, exactly. Could I, in the battery tracking and all, yeah, for, for me, those are big, big ticket items. So for this specific one, I'll probably cut the heat shrink off and 
I mean, at this point, I don't really have much to lose, right? All I can do is resolder it and compare the milliamps consumed that it reports on my transmitter and then throw it on the charger and see if that's close to the milliamps consumed uh, that the charger puts back in and yeah. go from there. So for this one, yeah, I'll probably give it a go and let you guys know how it goes once I get some flights on it. and We'll see if it throws it off enough to worry me and go buy a new one or not. So in addition to that, today I did... Uh, in fact, make it out to the field. Just brought the Nitro with me, getting some more flights on the YS-96 SRX, which, by the way, we will, or I will, be doing the review on that next week. So if you guys are interested in hearing about that one, be sure to uh, listen in to episode 147. Cool. We'll be talking about the motor. Episode 147? 247. Perfect. Yeah, you know. Yeah, go go back in time. I've actually snuck it in old episode. <laughs> no, so if you remember back to the last time out at the field with that helicopter, some head shake issues, having some governor issues. Um, so a couple of things going on. So I completely went through the head, checked the spindle shaft, checked the main shaft, checked the gov sensor leads, made sure that there, you know, it wasn't rubbing through the uh, insulation on the servo wire. Pulled the sense. I uh, pulled the sensor off the helicopter and looked inside the sensor to make sure that the board didn't come loose um, from the case, and you know it was wiggling in there, which could be causing like a all sorts of issues with the gyros. Um, and so, completely went over the helicopter and couldn't really find anything. Even checked the which I hadn't done in a long time. Even checked the balance on the blades, weighed them, and then checked the CG, and then checked the balance. All everything seemed to check out just fine. And so took it back out to the field today, did a couple flights on it, and the the head shaking was not nearly as apparent. I'm wondering, I did drop the head gain before I went out and flew it, so I'm guessing that's just a result of that. I don't think that's a fix to the actual problem. The head speed issue was definitely still there. Um, it's just like it, it was hunting really bad, looking for the head speed. And then after reviewing the V-bar gov, or the V-bar log, um, I'm getting tons of gov sensor input errors. So at this point, you know, I did two flights on it today. So not a uh, very successful day at the field. Definitely not what I was hoping for because the weather was absolutely gorgeous. Um, but just wasn't happening. So packed it up and went home early and came home, sat down and ordered a new gov sensor and new tail boom for the Protos <laughs> and some 716 or some uh, 713 switchblades. So that should all be here early next week and we will try again. So that's what I've been up to. Sweet. Who wants to go next? With electric helicopters and high capacity success lipos being so popular, the need for a high power and reliable charging setup is ever increasing. Luckily, this is what the guys over at Progressive RC specialize in. Whether you want to buy all the parts and build a charging setup yourself, or you want to have them build it for you, Progressive RC is the right shop for the job. They carry everything from chargers, power supplies, and of course, all the accessories you need to make a pretty awesome charging setup. Check them out now at ProgressiveRC.com. I'll go. I don't have all that much to say. 
Except for the fact that I did, did not get any flying in again this week. No fly. I have extended my no helication a further week from our episode last week. I've slowly begun to unpack stuff <laughs> thus far. It is all still in one piece, which is good. Um, I just, I, you know, I, I haven't been messing with much and I've gotten into for some reason after Urcha guys, like after seeing all the new cool stuff, I'm back in the mode of like, well, it's coming up to the winter. What should I plan on working on this winter? Like, what do I want to get? Do I want to rebuild the NX seven? What do you think? Should I? No. Do you want to? Yes. Would it be in your best interest? Not so much. Yeah. See, you and I have talked about this, Nick, and and it's I've been struggling with it lately because I was, you know, I went to the NX7 chasing that nitro thing, right? Like the irrational, like just love of a living breathing engine with the noise and the smoke and the smell and all that and the light disc loading and it's been nothing but like a massive pain in my dick it still sits over in the corner in pieces and you know from that, othello right yeah from othello from yeah. othello uh, which, you know, it kind of occurred to me the last time I had a nitro, it went in at Othello and it never got rebuilt. Mm. I'm feeling like if I do depart nitro this time, just for my own reputation, I can't go back. Like I will have gone too far at that point <laughs> because it doesn't work out for me. It doesn't, doesn't writing it off. <laughs> it, it doesn't mean it, shit. I mean, I agree. What do you it mean, generally Dan? does not. It doesn't mean shit. How long did I say I would never own a Goblin or a V-Bar? How long and how adamant was I about this? Oh, shit? yeah, no. I, I get what Dan's saying now. Okay. I, no, I wasn't, I wasn't following you, but now I've got you covered. True. So, okay. So, so let's talk about this for a second then. 700. If it's not the Nitro, I got to get back into an electric. I don't know what 700 electric I want. I've considered just... Going back to the tried and true Goblin, which I know will be great and I love it. Maybe even like the Black th the Black Thunder with the 700 stretch. Because when I saw that at Urcha, it was badass. It looks really sexy. And I know that, you know, we've talked about this, Nick. It, it can be built very lightweight, even as oh, the 700 yeah. version, right? Do you have an actual weight on that thing? No, but they are... They're they're all I mean sub twelve pounds with so, five thousands in them. Yeah, yeah. It's so like, okay, hold on. So stretch to seven hundreds. I'm assuming on six ninety. Well, there's really no now. You don't even have to say stretch because you can buy it that way. So it's just the. Oh, I did not thunder. know that. Yeah, is it more expensive? Uh, that I do not know. Yeah, you can okay, just buy so it. Okay, so at any yes. rate, you buy it as a 700 Black Thunder, and it's sub-12, ready to fly. Right? Something like that, yep. 11 and a half. Yeah, you can throw like So a it's nitro weight. Then ish. I'm looking at ish. Ish. the Logo 700. 
Very uh, awesome heli. We talked about that last week. I think it's sub 11 with like 4,000s or 4,500 packs. Well, that doesn't count. Yes, the goblin would probably be too. Okay, (laughs) fine. 11. 11 with 5,000s. I think it's sub 11 with 5,000 12S packs, to be honest. I remember hearing something like 10.9. Okay, so then the other one is the Logo 690SX. No? No. Why? It's a... It's like a wannabe 700. I don't know, man. I'm just going back to the logo days. That's a fact. This is a fact. This is a fact. Jesse, what what do you think? It's not. It is a 700. Technically. No, I don't even say technically. It's a stretched 600. There's a difference. I knew you were going to do so that. So's the Goblin, though, kind of. I mean, that's what they yeah. released it as. Thank you. Nah, it doesn't matter release, though, but it's okay. You can run 710s on a Black Thunder. Can you run 710s on a 690? No. With 70 millimeter tailblades. Tail authority is going to be horrible, but yeah, we can. Touche. Fair point. So that that's my conundrum right now. I mean, I've even thought about doing like an old school 7HV or Kronos, but I'm nervous about compass part support. So what about the, uh, what about Protos? Yeah, I that's the obvious go-to, isn't it? Um honestly for what what you've been talking about, if you're looking for weight savings, though, that's probably not your best option. It, it, as far as parts costs and crash costs, I think it's the perfect option. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But no, as far I mean, there's as no weight, doubt and if you're wise. really getting into disc loading, I mean, 710s are an absolute must. And it's a 12 and a half pound heli. And that was with the lighter lower frame and with the, you know, that small little Castle 120 and like an 850 milliamp receiver. Oh, you mean you got the more expensive light frame? The one that yes, shaves like a quarter of a pound. A hundred grams. And it I did weigh it. It does shave off a hundred grams. And you're so. still at twelve and a half? Yeah. In fact, with putting the Hobby Wing 160 back on, I think I'll creep back up to like twelve point seven. So I don't know, man. That's beefy. So keep that in mind though when you're doing your I mean, because on paper, you know. Like I was saying, kit price, crash costs, it got a lot of things going for it. But if you're specifically looking for that disc loading and, like you said, that nitro-ish feel um, might not be the best option out of the helis you listed. Yeah, but see, Nick, you said that when you flew it back-to-back with your 770, you thought it flew the same. Yeah, it's pretty close. It it felt... I mean, the the funny part is how, like, identical the tunes were on. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they were like all just you, you could have closed your eyes and opened it back up mid flight and you wouldn't have known you were flying anything any different. So it's oh. it's it's pretty good. I, I dug it. Um, I, I would suggest definitely 700. I mean, no question there. And I would say something that you can 
guaranteed fit your retired 14S speed packs in. To me, that would be a no-brainer. Ooh, that's that a, good a good point. One. Because, I mean, you get 50 cycles out of them, they're done for speed, but, dude, you could put another, with your, like, flying style, you could put another 100 cycles on them. Because you don't run high head yeah. speed. You're not whaling on it hard, so make sure that it'll fit those 14S packs. That's true. And you're basically at that point kind of running on a free fuel source because you've already written it off anyway. I would yeah, I was say, gonna say it's not it's not free. free. <laughs> it's not anywhere close to free. <laughs> no, but I mean you've written it off. Play. Find something that parts are everywhere. You're gonna smash the shit out of it like you always do. So just you know, go for uh, I think you're overthinking it too much. I don't I think flying-wise, you would get an equal amount of satisfaction if it was... uh, To me, it would be three choices between the Logo 700, the 700 Black Thunder, and the Protos. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my thought. I'm nervous about early adoption of the 700 Logo. I'm... I'm feeling that the block thunder would be too easy and I've got a lot of goblins already or I've had and the protos is not the other two in looks and I'm superficial. How about that? (laughs) Okay. Well, Well, here's, here's my advice. You've got like 10 grand worth of shit that's magnificent and extremely elegant and everything to, you know, rub your tip on. Why don't you just have one that stays together and flies? And I keep it in the corner and it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You're all talking about being, well, I just don't know if it looks this and that at this point. What Justin needs is a heli that doesn't have parts that flies off randomly and just works. And Maybe I should get the new 700X. You know what? It would not surprise me one bit if that wasn't a damn good helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I put hundreds of flights. Oh, dude, I remember my 700 electric fondly. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I think that for the, well, maybe not the price. Yeah, I don't know. Justin, my question is, is if you build an electric helicopter, that's going to be your daily reliable flyer, let's say, then do you really need to get rid of the nitro? Because now all of a sudden that doesn't have to fill that spot. Now you can work on it in the background. Yeah, and if you have some problems, you can just set it down for a month and not even touch it or look at it. Then it'd really never get flown. <laughs> well, that's true. Well, so it, that is a good point, Jesse. And I ha- that has crossed my mind. For the record, when I'm thinking about a 700 electric, I'm not necessarily thinking that it takes the place of the nitro yet. I'm not over the nitro yet. I am over yours. Yeah, well, that's be- that's because you've you've caught the curse. I don't want your helis. I don't want your motors. Yeah, get rid of it all. Yeah, well, we'll figure it out. I I don't know. Um, 
I, I, I don't feel too pressured to make a decision right now because we are still in the season. We got our fun fly coming up. I think we've still got Brett's and I'm not going to worry too much about it unless the mood strikes me and I see a good sale until we get into winter. Because I've got a lot of stuff ahead of me this winter, I think. I want to change subjects briefly because, Nick, you brought something up on episode 243 about the Hobby Wing uh, current cutoff. Mm-hmm. So as I understand it, at least the way you described it, the way it works is you hit overcurrent and it does it shut down briefly and then yes. come back on? Yes. Do do we know how briefly the shutdown is? Have you have you had it happen to you before? Twice. Okay. Mm-hmm. How how quick does that happen? Fairly quick. I would say the sh- how would I put it? The shortest amount of time reasonably possible for you to notice it. So but maybe a few seconds. In 3D? No. No, because not even. Because it did not sec- affect flight at all. Like, Okay. You could keep so that, flying through the shutdown. You could fly that's, through the that's shutdown. That's where I was at. When I heard that, I'm like, oh, dude. The first thing that came to mind is I'm in the middle of a speed pass. This thing overcurrents, it shuts down, and as I'm losing head speed, the helicopter pitches up and eats itself. So Mm, it immediately got me nervous about putting a hobby wing on a speed heli. Mm. Not to say that I plan on overcurrenting it, but for for the record, I don't know what its overcurrent capability is in in comparison to, say, Cosmic or Castle or those. You know, I was actually... uh, having a little chit chat today about it and you know they're trying to convince them to ha- let that parameter be adjustable there you go Ooh, okay so you can choose to either have it do that or do yeah, nothing yeah. or with the you know with the caveat like castle does which is Hey, you put it on this. Don't even send it in for warranty, bro. Like, oh yeah, if you turn turn it to insensitive on a castle, just throw it in the trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's done. So you know it, that's a it's a tough one. I mean, it's a very tricky. It's a very tricky thing. I could see them. I could see them maybe going in that direction, like on a one sixty or maybe just the two hundreds. They do that on. Um. You know, I mean, just where you're going, where that would be detrimental for 3D. I don't mind saying I freaking love it. I absolutely love it because I immediately know what happened now, why it happened, but it had no way of causing a crash. Yeah, you're not going to you're not going to drive it in as a result. No, I remember standing there watching and it was so fast that we both kind of you know, at the end of the flight, you looked over and you're like, did you hear that? Did you see that? I mean, it was just instant that if you weren't look, you know, actively listening, looking fully engaged, you wouldn't even notice it. If someone was just kind of standing next to you, I don't think they would even notice if they weren't actively watching your flight. No. Okay. Yeah. That makes me feel better. Yeah, it, it does. Because I, I was, 
man, the, when I heard it, it, it freaked me out a little bit because I've got a 130 HV that I would like to put on the 500 Sport 3 blade because it saves me a lot of weight. I get rid of the BEC because mm-hmm. I'm running 100 HV right now with no BEC, uh, and that would be a big deal. But it, it freaked me out a little bit, so maybe I just got to test it out and see for myself. Well, and for the Maybe record, there are videos out there. I really wouldn't worry about it on that 500, considering I've never overcurrented my 500 on a 100 amp. Why Fair would you point. worry about it on a 130? Well, now, because I just 100 don't know. amp as sensitive. Uh, yeah, we don't know, because they are. I that's, mean, that's a V3 versus a V4. That's the thing. That's a good yeah. point. I mean, what if the 100 amp can... You know, at 200 amps, it's not, it still doesn't kick the overcurrent. I mean, it might not be that high, but you know what I mean? We just, you don't yeah. know. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. You're boring me to death. Yeah, let us know how that goes, Justin. Dan, where the Why, hell have you we're been? We're talking man? about helicopters? You're talking about electric shit. Oh, yeah. come on. Okay. Let's, let's hear about your gas shit. Let's go. Come on. I'm done. What about my gas shit? you guys all know me and you definitely know what i look for when it comes to helicopters and that is reliability for several months now in hundreds of flights i've been flying the msh protos max i'm to the point where i have complete confidence when this heli is in the air i know that the quality manufacturing and the amazing part support from MSH USA will keep this model at the top of my list. For those of you looking for a top-notch 700 or even an 800 class helicopter that screams quality and has an unbeatable price tag, look no further than MSHUSA.com. So, uh, how, ma- how, many, how many flights did you get in this week, Nick? Uh, four. Four, nice. I think I'm at like 37 this week. Yeah, you win. Oh, look at you, Man. dude. <laughs> Playing Sunday, Jesse Monday, from and Wednesday. three years ago. It's been <laughs> yeah. a good week. I, um, of course, I've been flying with Thomas, and we've been having a great time. So so let me ask you a question because we actually haven't we haven't talked about this for a while. Now that the the newness, like the the new helicopter love, you're, you're probably are you past that with the five seventy? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, because you've mean, crashed I, it. Not the five seventy. Oh no, that's right, you have it. But is it? What? Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I can tell you that I, when I was flying the other day, um. I actually was at that point in my mind where I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to try some new shit today. And I really don't give a shit if I crash it. So, uh, whereas yes. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been at that point, uh, cause it was so new, you know, a month ago. Mm-hmm. But, so, so give me a rundown where, like, where are you mentally at with it? Is it still everything that it was for you in the beginning? Worse, better? It's Are you not, using it's not, it as much as you thought? Oh yeah. I, I'm using it more than I thought. In fact, um, it's so damn easy uh, to to 
it's not a big production to get the gasser out, but when I get to the field, I, you know, I take my scooter out of the trailer, 570s right on the end, uh, get some batteries. And just when I had three batteries, it was just easy to go, go, go. Um, and that, then I was thinking, uh, now that I'm going back to work, if I, cause I'll be working nights. If I put my generator in the back of my truck and put the 570 in the back seat and my charger in the back seat, I mean, I'm starting to think of ways because I don't really use the scooter at the flying field anymore. Oh, uh, really? You just use take, a stool or a chair? I, I just, yeah, I have just a chair. Before I was using the scooter to run the heli out to the flight line and back, I don't do that anymore. I, I mean, I will at fun flies because all the extra walking that is Yeah, done. yeah, yeah. But that changes things like a lot. Well, it makes it easier, but I, so these past three days I was flying, the first two days was all 570. Um, when I went flying. As in no gas at no all. No gas then. at all. Uh, wow. But when I went yesterday, um, I went a little later in the day than I typically go. Um, and I. You know, I, I was kind of in that that mode where it's just let's charge and go, charge and go, but I didn't have the three batteries and there was nobody else there for the first few hours to, to bullshit with. So I was waiting for batteries to charge and um so I pulled the gasser out and flew it. Now the gasser's flying really, really good. And the tune is really nice, it sounds really good, and I bumped the head speed up a little bit to 2020 and it's it just really does fly nice but flying the 570 really kind of scratches that urge to get a 700 electric just for the for the pure raw power of it um because the gasser just doesn't we'll never have it yeah yeah it, it just it just won't have that don't really want to mess with the nitro stuff. It's not that I don't like nitro. I love nitro, but now that this means ordering cases of fuel, hauling fuel around, it's just more shit to haul. Especially when you have a gasser and you have an electric and you have a nitro and you want to fly all three. Well, that means you got to fly, you know, you got to carry around all that shit. I'd say the only perk to the nitro is when you only want to bring the nitro and have a bigger receiver pack. That is grab a gallon of fuel starter and transmitter. That is, but I, and that's, I don't know. That's, I try not to, to take shit out of the trailer and because everything's there, uh, no, no particular rhyme or reason why I'm doing that, but it's nice to just take the whole trailer and I can fly whatever I want. I mean, I just, I don't want, uh, it's not that I, I just, I'm not at this point. I'm not interested in, in a nitro. Still love them, but the gas is really kind of scratching that itch. So I do want a nitro or an electric. I know that. You know it's funny, Dan. Hmm. I think with what I've seen so far, and well, you know, maybe <laughs> this year's been rough for nitro for me so far. Um, I oh man, I. I'm not going to, I cannot 100% say that I would rather have a nitro over a gasser. Like I'm. I don't think I would now because of the, how good the gassers are these days. Well, and and that's, yeah, your ears. I would have been like, 
80% pro nitro, 20% pro gasser, maybe 70, 30. And at some point we're getting down to like, we're getting really close to 50, 50. Like, because I just saw how consistent and how yours flew. And yes, it, it doesn't have the power, but I can really like, I feel mm, this going to sound super cheesy, a little bit gay. That's okay. Don't judge. I feel very poetic and smooth when I fly the gasser. Even well, when just- I'm. Even That's when I'm honking it. on it, as hard oh, as it dude, can go. This is your winter project, isn't it? Well, th- th- it's well. it's how I I don't do stuff that I know it can do, but I feel like like when I flew his, we've got maybe I should dig up that video. I think I have one flight, and I know you know, like that one out at the Linden Field, where I just hammered on it, like the whole flight. But even air quotes hammering on a gasser you're not hammering i just put it out at the end and left it at the end of its power the whole flight but it 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 felt so smooth and poetic because you just you had to fly it perfect to make it react perfect and so it forces you into this very kind of elegant smooth flying style which which i i mean that's a little bit more me anyway and i but i feel like i don't have the well i know i don't have the mess and i it it feels like a more reliable setup well yeah mine mine starts with a blip you know i mean it just literally and and the, the nice thing about the gassers as far as i'm concerned is it does teach you, you, you have to fly it through That everything. is the key. I agree with you, Dan. You can't just muscle through, you can't muscle through anything, even a loop. You can't just muscle through it. Because it yeah. doesn't float and right. it doesn't have enough power to muscle through you, it with complete to, and total brute force. That's right. You have to finesse everything you do, yep. everything, even basic, basic, basic stuff. So in that sense, it's a great training platform for getting your fingers and your brain set straight. Yeah. I, and I also I, feel kind of like what you were saying, Nick, with the, you know, you have to fly it smooth. You have to fly it elegant. That also, at least for me, sparks more creativity as well. It's, I agree. Yes. Which, which we always try to work into our flights, but it's like when you just, you know, you can't just default to bringing it down on the deck and beating it around or throwing it into a TikTok or just throwing it into some, you know, crazy 3D maneuver cuz you know, we'll work on new stuff and then it's like halfway into the flight, well, what do you end up doing? You're back down into your normal on the deck stuff where with a platform like that, it's going to force you cuz you can't just go and do that. It's going to force you to think outside the box. And honestly, I think it's going to drive more creativity in your flying style. I I can tell you hands down no question it makes me more creative. That that is the most accurate statement of that you could have possibly made for me anyway, because Mm -hmm. I love the sound of loading it, but not bogging it. Like it gives me wood. It does. Cause it's just like, can I put it at that spot and hold it there for four minutes, but make it sing. It's to me, it's, it's very reminiscent of flying a 50 size nitro. I mean, now I love flying 700s and 90s, right? 
I love it because of the power and the, and the light disc loading, and they're much more smackable. But I, I still go back to like watching Leon Luke, you know, pull out his old busted ass T Rex 600 Nitro at Snohomish doing Pyro TikToks. And I was just in listening to it, just and I'm going, what? Like, how you do that? Well, let me give you a real world example because, uh, you know, one thing that I've been working on is that half pyro flip. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would do with the electric and it, just yesterday this, this occurred to me and, uh, I was doing it with the electric and you can kind of power through bad collective mm-hmm. management. You can kind of power through it and not, I mean, it's noticeable, but it's, it's you know, it's like, yeah, but it, it is very noticeable. So what the gasser has allowed me to do is to kind of work that into a transition and help me understand at what point throughout that maneuver that I'm just digging in a little too deep Mm -hmm. because you can, it gives you instant feedback. I mean, it's very noticeable and it's so working on it with the gasser and then going back and doing it with the electric. It's just that much more smooth now because I've experienced it and understood where I was getting into it a little too hard or, you know, whatever, doing too much negative, too much, whatever. I was able to correct those and smooth that whole thing out. Uh, And now when I do it with the electric, it just looks, sounds, and flies through that maneuver so much better. And that's just because the the gasser kind of trained, trained my ear for it or trained just to feel for it. Yeah. Yeah, I have a real hard time. You would think that I would a nitro would kind of give me that feeling, but I'm actually at my worst with a nitro. Like I get it and I pick it up into the air, make sure everything's okay, and all I want to do is just beat the monkey shit out of that thing. I don't know why, <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> yeah, smack it, smack, smack, smack it. And, and I don't. I don't know. I mean, I can't describe it. I think it's just because it's fun, but it does not make me better at all. It's it's just <laughs> Well, I know it. And and yeah, I think it's because I don't fly it that often, so when I do, it's just kind of like, yeah, smoke. Yeah, noise. Yeah, let's just smack it around because you can. The gasser it doesn't give the it doesn't scratch the smoke itch. Uh, I prefer the sound of a 90 size nitro, you know, more than a gasser. And it certainly doesn't scratch the power itch. So it just, it forces that, that smoothness and they're, man, they're bridging the gap. I mean, they are bridging that gap for me anyway, but I'd have I, I to got a 300. I got a smooth, I got a, a smooth story for you real quick. Uh, I had a, um, a 178 amp peak <laughs> spike on the 570. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I'm really surprised. I mean, we could see the and it blades didn't fall out of the air, dude. We could see the blades slowing down. So I'm just doing a fo- fast forward, full collective, just busting ass across the field instead of feathering out of the collective and pulling back on the elevator. I just kind of kept the collective and started pulling back on the elevator. And it just went, 
I mean, we could like see the blades. <laughs> I'm really surprised it didn't blow up or fall out of the sky. But that's smooth. That's what that is. That's cool. It's it's an amazing little speed controller in that thing. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. I I was like, yeah, that's gonna be pretty impressive. But uh, no harm, no foul. Cool, cool. Ladies and gentlemen, we are honored to introduce to you Sir Isaac McSwashballs III. You have given your all upon thy sticks. You've fallen quite short. Well, you flew like shit. Now at thy feet lay a pile of rubbish. Get out thy tools. And don't be sluggish. What is this you say? Where are all my parts? To see her broken, it tears out my heart. For there is one man that will march through a blizzard. He'll get you your parts. The legend, the wizard. Catch that wizard while you can at www.lowerheli.com. Well, that's about it for me, Nick. Uh, what about you? Um, Yeah, only got a little bit of flying in. I actually fired up the sim. I know, what is that, right? Dusted it off. I did. Because uh, it was kind of like National Update Week, and so I've been working on getting all of my stuff updated, and then I was just kind of sitting out there dinking, and I had the computer, and I'm like, you know what? Ah, I'm going to check the sim, we'll do the update on the sim, fire it up, plug it in, and then it just kind of turned into like, oh, well, that's kind of fun. And then I ended up, so I actually simmed four nights which is crazy, but it felt really, really good, especially because I haven't been getting a ton of flights in lately. So that was kind of nice to get back to that, and it's definitely uh, sparked, brought that spark back for sure. Uh, Justin, I, you know, so I'm updating uh, my hobby wings, and, and Justin, you were kind of talking about it, and it made me think of this, something that I was not aware of, and I think is pretty confusing. The updates are not, let's see, certain updates only apply to certain speed controllers. They don't let you know that. And the numbers are really weird. So like, what do you mean? So when you go, cause I'm looking at mine and I just brought them up on the, like on the programmer, and it's like 4.03. And I'm like, oh, okay, right on. So I go to check on the website, and it's like, oh, just out, 4.02. I'm going, what? Uh, <laughs> On the, the firmware? Yeah. Well, so then I realize that they actually name their firmware and software only different enough to confuse you. So my software needed a whole update. That's what was updated to 4.02. 
and some of the speed controllers got a new update and my firmware in like my 60 on my uh, on my Goblin 380 went from 4.03 to 4.04 it's just really it's a it, it's I, a very confusing yeah i'm confused yeah so so what did i learn always go check when you when you have your software on the computer look up at the top the very top bar on the software and that will tell you the number of the computer software itself, which in this case, the current one is 4.0 point. It's 02 or 2, whatever. But that has nothing to do with the firmware in your ESC. So when you, if you plug in your little control unit to just quickly check your firmware, that's not, don't, don't automatically assume that those numbers have anything to do with that number at the top of the software. That's, that's Interesting. my lesson. Yeah, hmm. that's my lesson of the day. Don't don't go by the numbers. Just plug every the the lesson is always make sure that you have the latest software off the website, plug it in and check for an update. And if it has an update, do it. Don't go off the numbers. Just assume you should go through that process each time. And that's a smart thing. So that's my that's my uh, hobby wing. Since I know they listen, I would love to see some sort of different numbering system. You know what I mean? I would actually like to see them do blanket updates. Remember like Castle did where they would be like, oh, um, you know, you, um, 5.1.0 is out. And you could go cl- click on the 5.1.0 update and it would show you. Uh, this update for the Talon 35, this yep. update for the HV80. But it was a blanket update that you you put on all Castle speed controllers. You know what I mean? They yeah, don't it do wasn't, it. it wasn't specific to the unit. That's right. Hobby or to the model. Are. They are specific. Yeah, so, you, so one could be on 4.2 and one could be on 4.5, but they're two completely different version sets. Yes, and they're not good about explaining that. Can you, but you can't load a 4.5 from a 160 no. over a 4.2 on a 130, can you? No, no, because okay, it, that's good. It, it recognizes the, which speed controller it is when you plug it into the software. So it will only load up any available firmwares for that unit. Right. So... Uh, and I wasn't aware. Go figure. I got a whole fleet full of them. I had no idea about that today because I was trying to figure out where I was at on numbers and all this. And it just was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? And, um, yeah, I got that information from the source. So it was kind of cool to do that. I have a nitro motor that has compression and a piston that is all made out of one piece of aluminum again, <laughs> not multiple pieces. <laughs> Yep, got a little bit of the tailcase left to go, and then the nitro is back in the air. My goal, if everything goes well, is to uh, hopefully try and get everything, because I don't even kind of really remember where I'm at on a lot of stuff, just get everything back up and flying this weekend. I know I need to build. I know it's it's time to build the packs for the 500 
SS. And I, I still am going to build those 14S packs. So I know that. Winter Just project or before our fun fly? Oh, man, that's close. But I got to compete. So you know what? Has to be before our fun fly. I, I have no packs that are competable right now. I'm in a tournament. They're going to be big dick players if I do about two more runs. <laughs> <laughs> Get to work on it then. Yeah. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned the 700 thing. I have really been tempted on taking my 700 comp and pulling the guts and doing a 700 Black Thunder. Yeah. Very little logical got me thinking about the Black Thunder, too. Yeah. Like, I just, I kind of want to. I'm still not 100% sold on on the 420 yet. Like, I kind of want to pull my stuff and do it. See, I think you should do a 420 just to see what it's all about, dude. I think you might be surprised. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I, I totally agree. I can probably get away I'm trying to think, what do I have speed controller-wise? I mean, yeah, I've got, I've got 100 that I could put on there. 100 LV and, and do it success. M- my packs... You know, at least the packs are cheap, but I do have two still functioning good packs for the 380 that would not be, that wouldn't work, you know, as a 420. Why wouldn't they? Because they're like 1800s, dude. That'd be a really short flight. I don't get that long of flights on mine anyway. Yeah. I'm yeah. Only at like, you, you probably go with like a 22. Yeah. Yeah. 22 to. 24 something like that i think they say like 22 to 26 maybe or something trying to think back in the old t-rex days but yeah i don't know i mean it's is it in a hurry no but that might be a winter project for no other reason just that i'm like i kind of want something new i i'm really digging the whole lighter thing and i kind of like the idea of the Black Thunder. Yeah, especially now that I know you can get it as a 700 kit. Yep. Although, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be tempted to try it as a 650. Nope. Why not? Nope. I I need a justification there. It, it's it's a 650. It's just no. I don't I don't like that size at all. I don't like it's gonna it's gonna be, i think it's because the of the my experience with the nitro as a six fifty I just don't like the disloading at all i mean I'm not gonna say that it's like it was bad or anything because it certainly wasn't bad, but it didn't have that floaty ninety size nitro feel even remotely it had the portly six hundred size yeah see that's a good point but in in looking up the goblin 700 the goblin black thunder 700 it's at it's like just less than 12 pounds 
Yeah, so that's that's a beefy ass seven hundred. I don't. I wouldn't consider that beefy, and I would have to put like, okay, what components though? Again, we've been down that road. I don't think it's going to be crazy. I mean, l- let's be honest. It's a, it's a lightened up 700 comp, you know, like 630 size frame set. The boom's a little bit lighter. It's still the whole dual stage drive, that whole deal. So they can't make it ridiculously lighter. Yeah, that's true. But if, you know, like if you're a, if you're a 120, 130 amp speed control, 45 25 you know motor kind of guy wanting to run uh you know like you're like running 4500s or 5000s then that's definitely fits the bill you know ahead of a 700 competition whereas i really prefer the 700 comp on like 710s maybe a 4530 motor you know, a little beefier speed controller and, and, and get the head speed up a little bit higher. Ah, too many choices. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> oh, we should probably go to some news. Do we have any news this week? We do have some news. This week's news is brought to you by superiority.com. So we have some gasser stuff, Dan. I have a shopping list for you. Are you ready? I am. Okay. First one. Oh, I have a private message in case anyone needed to know that. So JC Designs, they are are they the one that does No, that's Levi Is Leviathan the same thing as JC Designs? I don't think so. I don't think so either. At any rate, JC Designs, um, and this will be coming through gas-powered helicopters, has all of the um, CAD pictures up for the Protos gasser conversion. I think this is going to be cool. I dig it. I don't know how the skids are going to fare. <laughs> Gonna be sitting right on the bottom plate. <laughs> sitting on the bottom plate. Cannot run the gorilla gear. Too flimsy. Yeah, ne- definitely not gonna be running those. But the pictures look really cool. Um, yeah, I guess a lot of people are excited about it. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I love that the gasser thing is just. It seems like it's just taking off even more. Because my next line item here would be the JC Designs Synergy 766 gas conversion. Oh, now that's badass. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Man, this is, I mean, this, to me, this just really, this now really changes the gasser world. Because... You know, the motors, the like that TRM 300 is just, it's awesome. And I would, Dan, I would consider it plug and play. I mean, wouldn't you? As far as yeah. just the like the motor pipe combo? Yeah, if you got a little confidence in your tuning. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's not like a, it's not a, 
a finicky little bastard day to day. No, I don't know. Okay, and and we know that the the two seventy combos like you could almost close your eyes and tune it. Um. So see, I, I, I f- wonder though, Nick, how how is all this going to be impacted again when miniature aircraft comes out with the new version of the Whiplash? I don't think it's gonna. I don't even think it's gonna put a single. Uh, to me, that's a novelty. Why? It's it's a kit with with ready to purchase parts that is a gasser design. That ha- yeah, and it yeah, still but, okay. to this day is lighter than any of the other gassers out there. Are you sure? I am almost a hundred percent confident. But okay. The whole it's it was built to be a gasser. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna debunk that. Okay. The Leviathan conversion on the Goblin seven hundred smokes the ever living shit out of the built to be gasser miniature aircraft. But it smokes in, the ever living shit out of all That's right. Natus. That's that, an, it's, all of them. But it's a it's a air quotes conversion. So I I mean my point is just in that with the quality of the conversions that are out there now, I, I feel like the gasser community and Dan, I'd I'd like your input on this. These companies are finally figuring out like the mandatory things that it takes to make these conversions as good as new. But it's still a conversion. Doesn't matter. So how, how, how do you talk me through this? And I'm being honest. Like if I crash a Leviathan and I destroy the frames, now I've got to buy a shitload of goblin parts and I've got to buy frames or a conversion that probably has low overall parts count in the community. So is it is it difficult? Is it expensive? You have to wait a long time, or is it just like going to Heli Direct? Go to yeah. Carrie Shirley and say, Carrie, can you send me these parts? Yeah. Okay, well, if it is really that easy, then that's fair. I mean, I... I- I just, I think that it's a, it's, I personally think that they're actually almost getting better because you're taking a helicopter and, and like the, an actual helicopter that is designed and based on handling hard 3d 14 S power systems. And all you have to do is get the motor and the clutch stuff set up properly and the cooling, which the gasser community as a whole has has I feel like they have gotten a really good grasp over the couple of years. And and I might be talking out of my ass because I'm not in that community, but it's not rocket science. It's only a couple it's only a couple parts and a couple theories that need to happen properly. You know, cooling, clutch. Yeah, I guess sort of I thing. just I don't understand the statement that the Leviathan conversion kicks the shit out of the whiplash. Oh, I, do. I, I don't I don't I don't see there. What's the basis for that other than opinion? That the whiplash had ma- that had the whiplash had clutch problems. The whiplash had tail gear problems. Yeah, no, 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 no. OK, I, I'm 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 referring to 
the new version, assuming they fix the problems. If they don't fix the problems, then it's not even worth discussing. And where are you going to buy that whiplash from? From miniature aircraft? Out of Europe? No, no, dude. They're going to distribute in the U.S. See, I, I put, I put more. I mean, I put more faith in buying, having a helicopter that is eighty to, let's just say, eighty-five percent factory brand of a popular model to fifteen percent conversion parts. I'll take that any day. Over what? Uh, over a, a uh, pure factory model built for gassers? Yes. That you, can't, that you can't get parts for or it's hard to get parts for? Yeah, I don't see. I guess. Why what, is it hard to get parts for? Because we don't know. Because, yeah, you're basing it all on assumption. And we know what has been with gas powered thoughts and the rest of them. I mean, you have to admit, Justin, you're basing everything on an assumption, whereas the 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 Leviathan conversion with the Goblin 700 has been out and people have been flying it and it has been, it is a, a, a proven setup that hasn't had parts issues or availability issues. Yeah, I understand, anything. but we were talking about, I said, do you think it's going to change things when that comes out? No, I don't. I don't because I actually think, in my opinion, I think the conversions have an advantage. And that the rest of the model will be more adequately tested. Okay. Yeah, because, you know... It's just, yeah, you you put 14S or 12S power system into a model, you're going to find all the weak links in a hurry. And there was a lot of problems with that those sort of situations across all three of the miniature aircraft models. But in generally speaking, the gasser community, and this is a generalization, is a lot more... Putt, putt, I'm going to put 15-minute flights on it and get 2,000 flights, but I'm never actually going to stress anything that much other than vibration and high flight count. Whereas taking a model that was built off an electric power system, you're going to stress the ever-living crap out of it. Then the only thing that they have to make sure and actually get right is the clutch and cooling setup. Or, you know what I mean. Does that make sense? Yeah, but in the same sense, if the gasser community is not going to beat the shit out of it, then it doesn't need to be designed to take 14S power. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair, but I feel like you run a finer line on when, how do, how do I put it? I don't know. I feel like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think we should ask Carrie his opinion. Yeah, well, Dan's owned them both. <laughs> Dan knows, and, and I, I mean, I've seen it. I've put my hands on it. I've taken it apart. There is absolutely nothing conversion-ish 
about that goblin conversion. Oh, no, and I've it, seen it too, dude. It's a badass helicopter. I agree. I mean, there's nothing conversion-ish about it. So that's why I'm making the assumption that with these, I think it's, I think it's badass. And, well, I and think these, Mint Aircraft's got one chance to get it right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and see, that's the other thing, Justin. You're talking about someone who's coming back from, uh, this is a model that had problems with not just the gasser part, but the whole model. Whereas these models have been proven. And now oh, no, I get it. He's got be- an uphill battle to prove, but I'm assuming, and you're right, it's an assumption that if he fixes all the problems like he says he's going to, then we actually now have a model that is robust and capable of handling uh, normal flight stresses for gassers. And if that's the case and it is distributed as is expected, I mean, I'm pretty sure Carrie's going to be picking it up in the very least. So, you know, that alone says that you're able to get parts as readily as you are for the conversion kits, then it could be it could be a contender. And see, here's the other thing. Like, I get that it might be different than the perception in the gasser community, but you just heard my perception. My perception is that the Leviathan's a conversion, and now I got to go and get parts from multiple different people. And if that's the way I think, then I bet you there are others out there which is why I think that the whiplash concept being an all-in-one may actually be more popular amongst those who are interested in trying gas than you think because most people are lazy and don't want to look into what it actually takes to learn what you and Dan just described. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I do agree that the you know the shopping all-in-one place, although I got to tell these you, days. yeah, I've, I... Dude, I don't even remember the last time. Now, okay, yes, my position with SAB, it's a little bit different. But anything other than my airframe parts, I got to go to, dude, it's a joke. I'm going all over the place to find stuff. So, especially in the nitro world, my God. it's Well, I want a pipe. Oh, I need to find a pipe. And it's not like, which place do I want to buy my pipe from? It's like, does anyone know where there is a pipe at all? And then I got to buy a piston from over here, a ring from over here, but they don't have glow plugs. So I got to get a glow plug from over there. So I, I know that battle and it's not a fun battle. And if they can get it, here's my thing. I think that if they can get it all right, it will be good. But. I think that these companies, you know, MSH, the Synergy, the conversions, I think they have an automatic advantage in that they have buzz. They have newness to them. They have cool factor that I don't think you're going to get out of a a revamped whiplash. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, at the end of the day, even if they fix all the mechanical problems and it's reliable, you know, 
okay, so now it has no more problems. It's a whiplash. Tell me what's wow about it. So like you said, they've they've got a, a an uphill battle, but you know, there's a lot of people out there that still have those gassers and would love to be able to get them updated. And so I, I think it'll be cool. Don't get me wrong. Anyone. If I were to go back to a gasser, I would just go and get a whiplash. That's me personally. Really? I'm not going to go back to a gasser for the record. So it's it doesn't make a difference, but. Oh, I think I think one of these conversions would be freaking awesome. Just awesome. Especially after seeing Dan's. That that took out my because I was just like you with my attitude towards it. That's stupid in this. And then what if the company this or that? But after I saw it, it's like, dude, wouldn't even no way. No way. Let the helicopter people make the helicopter part that's badass because they know how to do that and make the gasser people just make the gasser components because they know how to do that and then let's just put them together. Okay, back to the news. Rant over. Uh, Justin, I found a new speed motor for you. What's that? The Contronic... Pyro 1000. No. Did you see it? Oh, yeah. I saw it a few weeks back. It's freaking massive. (laughs) Some guy tried to put it in his TDR2 and had to cut a hole in the canopy. And he actually did cut a hole in the canopy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He cut a hole in the canopy. It sticks out like the humpback of Notre Dame. Why would what? Because at that point he had bought it and it was his. And goddamn it, I'm gonna make it. You're going in. I don't know. Probably. You don't have a choice. Hmm. Wow. I mean, yeah, they're claiming 11.5 watts per gram of power. Yeah, it's a 14, 14 pole motor, so it's not surprising. Uh, but. I bet you it's pricey. You got a price? Uh, no, no. I'm. A, oh, wait. Well, what is Contronic priced in? I don't know. Euros? Bricks of gold? <laughs> Children? Yeah. I see Appendages? 549, 40 children. I don't know, man. This is pretty nuts. So, I mean, that that's a big. So eight, it's like a seven or eight hundred dollar motor, then probably eight hundred and seventy grams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so here's the deal. There were there was a lot of talk about this at Urcha. The speculation is that they have come out with this as a means to compete against like the X Nova fifty series and the Scorpion fifty series. So like the 5025s, 5035s um in terms of overall power and torque capability. But, but what are they've people done it with flying their... those in? Like that's what I want to oh, know. Oh dude, like um a lot of people are flying the Turek edition 50 millimeter X Nova motors in like the three blade helis. 
I've talked to a couple of people that have put them on their KSEs and they absolutely love them. A um, couple of people have put them in like the bigger 750 type helis. A couple of them on the 766. It's just, I mean, it's got so much power and torque. It's ridiculous. And I can tell you, having done the testing for the last two 50 millimeters from X Nova, they are a night and day difference from the 4000 series for the 45 millimeter staters. In speed, it's like, oh my God, it just keeps pulling. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I guess I wasn't aware that you could get to the point. I, I guess I didn't realize that, you know, max motor power it, it w- was an issue at, at all of the top or at the, you know, the more top end motors that you guys are running. I would have figured it would have been a lipo output. And at a certain point, it just doesn't matter what you put in there as far as bigger. Well, more okay. So, so remember, I mean, we've, we've, we've talked about the technical details behind it and I won't get into it too much, but if you run too small a motor, you can run into commutation errors and then yeah, that yeah. will make your, your ESC and battery choke. But, uh, and, and for 3d, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that total power output is what is playing a role there. I think it's more of a torque thing. Okay. I mean, they're, these are beefy ass motors, man. Yeah, but they dwarf even the biggest 45 millimeter motors. But I mean, you take that and put it on a KSC. I mean, you're you're committing yourself to a 200 amp ESC, right? A yeah, Contronic. I wouldn't run it in le- with less than a 200. Okay, I mean, now you're talking about, and and this is not an exact. And then you're gonna, it's gonna be 14s, right? Because it's gonna annihilate. No, not necessarily. I mean, but you're going to be seriously looking at a at a thirteen and a half, possibly even fourteen pound helicopter. Because uh, that KSC this is not light, boy. Let me tell you, you're you're creeping how much does that thing weigh with a forty five twenty five and a one sixty? I, I don't quote me, and just twelve S five thousands. I'm, I want to say I'm right about 13, I'm over 13 pounds. Okay. So let me give you perspective. The Diablo speed is six kilograms flat. That's 13.2 with the 50 millimeter X Nova speed in it. Yeah, but that's, and that's with a fuselage dude. Yeah, but that's for speed. I'm talking 3d. Like I actually want it to not fall like a rock. Well, yeah. So, I mean, you'd have to talk to the people that are flying it in 3D. Obviously, I'm not flying mine in 3D, so I can't really speak to it. What I can say is that there was a surprisingly large difference between the 45 series and the 50 series. Okay. Like, hands down, completely different. Are you going to put, what do you have in your in yours? In the Diablo? Yeah, in the TDR2. Oh, the TDR2's got the the new prototype, the 50, well, like, yeah, it's the new prototype. Okay. It's a big-ass motor. It's even bigger than the one that I've got in the Diablo. 
Okay. It's like a 16 kilowatt conti- uh, uh, peak, rather. <laughs> wow. 16 kilowatts. Oh, man. All right. Cool. Well, that's all I got. Anybody else have any news? Nope. Take that as a no. This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com. For superior quality web and mobile development and design with a 100% money-back guarantee. That's always on schedule and budget. Get the most from your website from www.superiority.com or www.dudemanlarry.com. Not kidding. Check him out. I'm not sure how this has happened. But I have three goblins in my fleet. Buying the goblins, that was the hard part. Deciding what servos to run in them, well, that was easy. I would even go so far as to say a no-brainer. Makes no difference if you're a brushless or a cordless fan. BK servos can meet your needs. In my Gasblins, I'm running BLS 8002 HVs and in the new 570, cordless DS 7002 HVs. These servos provide exactly what I'm looking for and you just can't beat the price and customer service. To find out more about these awesome servos, head on over to bkdesignsllc.com. All right, what are we talking about today, guys? We got a review, don't we? Or is, are we doing a review this week? No, we are. We're now we're getting, getting there. Well, we wanted to do kind of an update. On all of them, because we have we've got three separate reviews going right now. Jesse's got the YS ninety six, which he touched on. Can be doing that next week. And you have what? You have one step left in that review, Jesse. Yeah. So the final step in that one is now that I do have the bigger clutch in the N seven. I'm going to be throwing some seven hundred ten millimeter range, whether it's the Switchblade 713s, rail 716, something in that, you know, that larger blade size on there and see how it does putting it through the paces with those bigger blades. Um, done the back-to-back comparison to the 91, you know, same setup, pretty much the same weight helicopter, um, flying it on the 700 millimeter blade. So I have a really, really good grasp on the performance differences and, you know, the different motors at that blade size so now let's uh step it up one size and see how it does so yeah gonna get that wrapped up in the next week and then listen in for the full review um you know just talk talking about the start to finish uh next week so nice should be good sweet and then justin you've got uh the second half of the three digi review going yeah, so I've been putting it through its paces on the Goblin Speed now for the last couple of months. And, you know, you so you did a really good job on the 3D review. And I'll, I'll actually call it sort of the baseline review, Nick, because you went over all the standard stuff with how does the software work? Is it user friendly? What are the different features, etc.? Mm-hmm. I'm not really going to focus on all that. In fact, I actually used your review as some, you know, somewhat of a guideline of what to go and look at when I first got into the software. Mm-hmm. And so really where I'm at is, you know, 
having flown it multiple times and gotten it tuned to the point where it flies very well, I am at the point where the last few flights that I want to do are just, and I've already started this before Urcha. I haven't touched it since before Urcha, but uh, are, are basically tweaking the last few advanced parameters just as a means to determine sort of how it behaves. You know, every flybarless system has its own sort of quirks. And, you know, the, the classic example is the V-Bar 4.0, where if you went outside a range on eye gain, then you got like the horrid tail wag of death. Yes. Where it literally consumed itself right in front of your eyes in a hover. Yes. Uh, obviously, I'm not aware of any such situation on any of the current flybarless systems, but I do want to kind of get a feel for things. So that's that's sort of the final step there. Um, I, I will say as a little bit of a teaser, and I'll talk about it a little bit more at the review, I did actually get an opportunity uh, in a couple of instances to use my experience with the review to help tune other people's three digis. Uh, one in particular being a 3D, and then most recently, a Speed Heli at oh, nice. Urcha at the Speed Cup. And uh, it actually worked. So I think I kind of figured it out. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So that one will be coming up in, what do we say? We're, I Two think we're saying episode 248. Yep. After so a couple, couple more weeks. Not going to be a super long one, but I think I'll hit the highlights. And uh, yeah. We'll now, have you dabbled think. in the Jetty integration? I have not yet. It is available now. Uh, in fact, there are a couple of different features that are available. The governor is out as well. And I, when it originally came out, the guys at 3Digi were like, hey, you know, you want to go and check this out? Um, I did. But what I quickly realized is between the season and practicing for speed competition, and trying to learn the flybarless system for speed flying, adding another two things that frankly don't play a significant role in its capabilities as a speed system, I thought was just, it didn't make sense. It was going to, I was going to lose focus. So once I get the, uh, once I get the speed review portion out of the way, I think I will get it set up on Jetty. Because there have been a lot of people that have been bugging me about that. And maybe, you know, maybe not even as formal as the speed update, but I'll, I'll come back maybe later on in the fall or winter and talk through what my experience is with the integration. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, I would like to, you know, I do kind of, I still have those moments where I wish that I had. Now, I mean, for the record, I wouldn't trade my control v bar setups for nothing still i just love it i was actually um out there doing the updates this evening going god this is just so nice to be able to switch back and forth between internal gov and and you know external gov and it's just seconds to do all that and, and program the head speeds and but oh yeah i i do think that it would be I have those moments where I had an an additional something to tinker with like that because I haven't personally messed with any of the, you know, Jetty Spartan, Jetty 3Digi, um, you know, 
any of the the other companies that are now doing fly barless system integration to to get a concept of how well they do it oh yeah yeah and i and that's that's really what i'm excited about too because i've heard a lot about the v control and i've done it enough of my own research too to understand sort of some of the more details behind it so i can appreciate what it offers and so getting to see that with the jetty is going to be really awesome uh i i also you know along those lines um i did get word from my team manager earlier this week that i will probably be getting a prototype axon in the near term from bd so we'll be doing some testing on that and i don't yet know whether it has the jetty integration right from the get-go or if that's going to be an added feature but I'm actually kind of excited in general about having done the three digi speed review and I'm kind of tailing off it as the axon comes in because I feel like I'm sort of between the three digi, which I'll, I'll tell you was initially a challenge to get tuned and the TDR two on the BD. I feel like I've re honed or sharpened my speed tuning skills a little bit. Mm -hmm. such that I'm going to be better prepared for when the axon comes. And maybe it ends up tuning exactly like the old BD, but I'm I'm prepping for literally a brand new everything. Nice. So we'll see. I think that'll be fun. Get the get the tinkerer back in there. Yeah. Yeah, and perfect for, you know, going into the winter. Yeah, that's what a lot of people don't realize. We have so much stuff going on in the summer. We you know, it, we try and stay away from tinkering too much and wait, Marvel concept, just enjoy the hobby a little bit. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so the, you know, during the winter now we're starting to get into doing, you know, more videos, tech tips and, and doing those endless bouts of tinkering and trying new stuff. So uh, in that way, I'm actually kind of looking forward towards winter, just just on that part. Yep, I hear you. And then we also have, we got a battery review going on. And Dan, I, do we have a dead soldier? We do, the Venom. Uh-oh. I don't know the, the number of flights because I haven't, uh, I got the tally up there, but I hadn't, I didn't mentally make note. But I guess it was on, was that Sunday I sent you that text? Can't remember. Sent you a picture of it. Um, the Venom pack is so puffed that it's hard to slide the battery into the helicopter. Oh, into the tray. That's a sign Ooh. that you're done. Uh, I didn't take a look at any of the IRs because I was just too focused on flying. And I'm going to send all that stuff back to Nick to, to do all that stuff. But. Um, I want to just a rough guesstimate. I want to say, oh, geez, I think I got it with about 25 or 30. Mm-hmm. And I want to say maybe I added another 30, maybe 40 flights to it. Now it can't be that much because you got to divide it by. So 30. it puffed at well below 100 flights, you're uh, saying? Yeah, it probably puffed at closer to 70. You've been speed flying that bitch, man. No, and we, <laughs> dude, we've been keeping the, it's got the, uh, the UI sensors. So we're, mm-hmm. 
paying very close attention to the discharge and keeping them at storage charge, um, which is something I've never done in the past. But uh, every time I get done uh, flying, I, I usually do like three minutes and then just stick it on there and do like a four or five minute, 10 minute storage, whatever it takes to put them into storage. Uh, taking better care of these batteries that I don't even own than batteries I've ever owned. So, uh, yeah, it's, it was really surprising and it went fast. It didn't just like slowly start to get marshmallow. It was like, uh, uh, last week I was flying it. And then on Sunday I was like, holy shit, this thing grew and got bigger. <laughs> so I've taken it off the battery tray and I've put it in a lipo bag uh, and separated it from all of my heli shit. Oh, good. Uh, good. Nice. Wow. Ooh. Way That's ahead good. of what I would have done. We are, um, I'll be giving them back to Nick. We're going to rotate some batteries through. Yeah. But um, the other ones are holding up great. Um, I don't know, Nick, if you want to go into too much detail on how how we're monitoring the um, uh the percentage, the cell voltage uh, after yeah, the flight, but, but we're going ahead. You know, we just, uh, the way we do it on the V control is we're just changing the milliamp total milliamp as the, the voltage ending voltage gets below like seven or 3.8 or 3.78 somewhere in there. Uh, just decreasing it, the uh, capacity in the controller, uh, just so it doesn't use as much mm-hmm. to bring it down, bring it down at a, at a more, consistent voltage. Uh, the others have held up. I've only had to adjust, um, uh, I think, uh, the OptiPower once. The other, the Pulse, I've not had to adjust at all, and it's still coming down. And I check them after each one uh, as I'm putting them on the charger, uh, just glancing at the cell, uh, individual cells. Uh, and then, of course, the bump controller has the percentage, uh, and and it's they're always coming down at 23% roughly. Nice. Um, the other one, the, the venom I noticed started coming down once it came down. When I noticed it started going bad, it came down. It was 14% started bumping up the, or decreasing the capacity in the controller, uh, to get it back up over 20. Uh, and it just, I consistently had to keep adjusting it and then it just went. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, I think the last time I flew it, uh, the cells were all pretty, pretty evenly um, dispersed as far as voltage, but down to like uh, three three point six, wow, three point six four. So it's yeah. just I'm I'll be curious to see what the IRs are. I yeah, guess I could look myself, but I just haven't haven't uh, done that yet. Well, and it's, I think it'll be better in this case just because I have like an exact procedure that I went through in a, you know, my controlled environment. So just to make the test as accurate as possible. I don't remember which, which Opti power do you have? Cause I don't remember which one I have. Do you have the 30 or the 50? You remember? Um, I don't remember. I, I think I have the 30. But that's just a guess. Yeah, I can't remember. There, you just you have to look at the gauge of the wire. That's how I always yeah. remember which one's which. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've had no boy. The I I have to say, and Justin, I know you did not have that great luck, but 
um, the graph the graphene pack from Rev Electrics. That one is like the brick shit house. That one is just yeah. I well, I didn't have a graphene, so I I'm pleased to hear that you're having positive results. I would like to try that eventually, but yeah, it's it's a very different pack to fly. Again, like I had mentioned before, it's it's a almost a hundred grand or right around somewhere right around a hundred grams heavier than the rest of them. Uh, the the venom. Uh, I, I question whether the Venom was even a 5,000, to be quite honest, because it was just so small and so light. I mean, it, it was just, it was, it was definitely a lot lighter than the rest of them and smaller in physical size too. But this thing, it's, it's built big, it's built heavy, but it really, really just pours the current out and I've had no issue with heating on it or anything. Now, having said that, the the IR numbers are the best out of the bunch. The last time that I tested them, um the the pulse is the the pulse was really cranking good. Like that that one seemed like a really solid uh, was going to be a solid good pack. All the numbers were good. Nothing was changing dramatically. Uh, last that I tested them, the op- same with actually to you know to be quite honest, all of them were were holding up pretty good. The opties, the thirty and the fifty, the the irs were a little bit higher than I would have liked to see straight out of the get go but they have been consistent and that that's a little more a little more int- that's what i'm more interested in is the consistency over the pack and the and the length of the cycle life than you know what's the highest c rating right out of the get go cuz it doesn't do me any good if it's a true 35c if it's only going to be 35c for 40 flights mm-hmm. you know i i'll i'll take a 29c pack over 250 flights any day like i'm i'm good with that yes so yeah it'll be good to get to get those others back and then what i'll probably do is try and uh, i'll do all of the ir testing on the packs that i have and, and right before i give them back to dan just to put another baseline on them and then uh, we'll do the swap at the fun fly, and I'll immediately test the ones that he has, and I'll I'll see if I can't kind of diagnose, figure out what happened to the to the venom pack, and then we'll just keep going in with that rotation. It's working out uh, really well. I'm actually a little bit behind um, Dan now, even though he has more packs <laughs> than I do. Cause he's just, yeah, these 37 flight weeks are killing me, man. (laughs) Uh, It's, it's hard to keep up with, but it's good. So yeah, just as kind of an overall update, um, I would say as far as IR numbers, the, the, the graphene pack is, uh, uh, is leading the bunch. Um, I'm going to give the, just kind of the overall you know, because I, I don't like the IR numbers just don't automatically put the Revo pack in first place for me because it, it does. I can feel that hundred grams different. Now, if it's really windy out, I actually grab that pack first and I will continue to fly that pack that day. 
I'll just keep charge and fly, charge and fly. Because I, I really do like being able to add that extra 100 grams uh, in the heavy wind on the 570. But I think that it would be a little too heavy for a lot of people. And it's a little too heavy feeling for my personal taste. So I'm going to kind of lead, put the, uh, I'm going to give the current first place in my opinion to the pulse pack as kind of a, an all around, you know, not too crazy heavy, but has good IR numbers, not quite the best IR, but you know, not the heaviest. The I'll put I'll put the Revo right in there in second, and then probably fifty. You know the fifty C on the Opti Power, and then the thirty after that. They're they're actually not that far apart. But as of right now, we're the last that the last that I checked on the IRs. Um, I'd actually give the value a little bit more to the thirty C because it's cheaper, although. You know, just as far as pack goes, not taking in uh, dollars wise into um, into figuring the the op, the fifty C is um, is ahead of it on that aspect. If I had to choose, just uh, of the three that I've got right now, if someone said you've been flying these three packs, um, you know, which one would you go buy? And of course, it's very preliminary. I haven't flown really. Fl- I've flown the others. Uh, the others that Nick has, but it's been a long time. Uh, out of the three that I've got right now, if I had to go buy batteries tomorrow, it would be the Pulse. Yeah. Just because that one is just, mm-hmm. it's really holding up well. I haven't had to change hardly anything uh, as far as the numbers go in the radio. And it's just, it's still, it's still like a brick, you know, just, just solid. Yeah. Yeah. No, no sponginess. It, it, it looks brand new. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. So you've got a brick in one hand and sweet, a, and a stay puff marshmallow. In yeah. the other. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Do you remember Kong packs? Yes, I, mean, I still have oh, some yeah. of those. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. I will have the two S two S RX packs. Man, are they still shaped like packs? They were puffed from the beginning. Yeah, Kong sausage. That's what we <laughs> call them. The Kong yeah. sausage. Yep, dude. I remember having like. Going out to the field. It was like right when I first started flying with my little CP Pro. Going out there to the air quotes field. And all these guys were flying their T-Rex 450s. And, you know, I I do. I swear to God, they were freaking round. I mean, they were like just squishy round battery packs. And they were bitching and complaining because they were, you know. 30 bucks a piece or whatever. I'm like, uh, the days. Well, I found the other day I was, uh, uh, I was moving some stuff around and I had a, an old grill, uh, a barbecue grill that, that hasn't been used in a number of years. And way back before OptiPower was a thing, when, uh, they sent the podcast, uh, several batteries before you could even get them in the States. Uh, the, I I got uh, from Andrew. I've got I had two two S. I can't remember. They were they're big, uh, twenty. I want thirty five hundred. Big big milliamp packs for RX packs, and they puffed right away. <laughs> it was funny because I was just moving some some shit around, uh, trying to clean some stuff up, 
and I opened that grill and what was sitting in the grill was that, that's where I put it. I forgot I'd put it because <laughs> <laughs> it, nice. it was so puffed. I didn't want to, I wanted to put it somewhere. If it did go off, it was just going to kind of hopefully contain itself. But uh, there it was. Puffy looked like a like a big sausage, <laughs> a blue sausage. <laughs> I'd forgotten all about it. Huh? Yeah, I need to check and see if the Hobby Wing graphene packs are actually in stock now. Because they they missed the review. They were, you know, they they did. Oh yeah, we want to send some over. Yeah, okay. Well, they'll. Oh yeah, as soon as I get some in stock, and and I mean, they it was far well, after we started. If they are, let me know because I actually don't like having only two batteries now. Okay, three was perfect. Three, three was perfect. It was a nice solid rotation. Uh, the one thing that I guess it has done for me is it kind of forces the gasser into the rotation now. Yeah, having the two having the two packs. Oh, that's true. Before but- it was easy enough to keep three going and uh, not a big weight, but enough of a weight where like, well, maybe I should just pull the gasser down and fly it. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, maybe we should wrap this one up. What do you think? Yeah. Let's do it. Sounds good. Okay. Why don't we uh, start with some emails, Nick? If I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Uh, You would send me an email to nick at rchellynation.com and you can also catch me on nicklandrchn on Facebook. How about you, Jesse? You could send me an email to jesse at rchellynation.com. Yeah, I won't be checking the other one, so make sure you get that uh, email address right. Or catch me on Facebook. Justin? You could send me an email to justin at rchellynation.com or catch me on Facebook or the forums as Justin Pucci. I'm Dan. You can reach me at dan at rchellynation.com, dan k. Reed on the forums and Facebook. Uh, if you wanted to send an email off to Ken, you could reach him at Ken at rcalienation.com. Sh- should have some, should, if everything goes as planned, we should have some new apparel shortly. Yep. Yeah. We're <laughs> yes. getting ready to do a big apparel order. Uh, we got one new t-shirt design and, uh, we'll be restocking all of the more popular stuff. And uh, if you have a question about your citizen registration, anything like that, I noticed uh, there's been a little bit of a peak, a little bit of a spike in the registration numbers uh, over the last few weeks. Um, You can also send those to Ken at rclanation.com. Check us out on Facebook and, uh, of course, our webpage, www.rclanation.com. Don't forget, RCHN4 is coming up in a few weeks. You should probably get registered. Uh, There will be a prize drawing for those of you who pre-register and of course all the craziness that will ensue with the fun fly it's just going to be a great time uh, expecting to s- I, I already know of, of a few folks that have told me they're coming that uh, have never been so you will see some new faces I'm bringing one of them with me so that'll be a lot of fun see so yeah, I think that about wraps it up any other concerns comments questions you guys want to bring up before we head out mm, don't think so nope you got it All right, guys, this has been episode 246. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. See you next Monday. Later. Take it easy. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by BK Designs, Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, 
Superiority, and MSH USA. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. Music